You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Amen. Glory to God. We are back with the part two for judgment, discipline, and correction. And I am so excited. I am loving this series. It is so crucial. It is something that probably doesn't feel good to us, but it's a place that we often sometimes can find ourselves in and we need to learn how to extract all the beautiful things out of that that pain that we feel because of some of the wrong that we've done amen let us go into prayer together father in jesus name you're holy you are just you are true you are true and faithful we love you so much for who you are and i'm asking father in the name of jesus that you would teach this lesson to your children by your spirit in the name of jesus christ let this lesson bring glory to your son, Father, in the name of Jesus, help help us to become more like Jesus because of this lesson and these series, this series of teachings in the name of Jesus. And we just say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. We need to hear from you. We need to have understanding concerning what's going on in our lives or what has gone on in our lives. And we don't want anything to be in vain. We don't want to miss anything, Jesus. So we're asking God that you would teach us that the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and revelation and counsel and might would just rest upon us, Lord. Understanding would just rest upon us. Hallelujah. So that we can uh, get everything that we need to get out of the seasons that we've had, the seasons that we're having, and the seasons which we will have in the name of Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever. And we just say, Lord, speak, speak, speak to us, Jesus. We want to hear from you. Lord, I am decreasing and I am asking you to increase. You speak, Jesus. We want to hear what you have to say. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. It's all about you, Lord. And we cover this uh, podcast episode with the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Don't we love our Savior? Isn't he good? Hasn't he just shown himself to be so faithful and so awesome and so wonderful and so beautiful. Yes, he has. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I really delight in this particular teaching. This teaching here is absolutely amazing, absolutely awesome. It's what we all need. And let me tell y'all, sometimes maybe we've done something or said something or wanted something or you know, partook in something, you know, was a part of something that was not right. And when we feel God's judgment, we just feel, and we just think that we're just going to live there. And we allow the enemy to turn his judgment and his discipline into some type of condemnation. And we allow the enemy to come in and say, oh, God is done with you now. Look at what you did. Look at what you said. Look at how you were thinking. Look at how you were acting. There's no hope for you. You can't move forward. The devil is a liar. This is not why God is showing you these things. God is judging you and he's disciplining you. He's showing you the error of your ways because he loves you and because he's not done with you. If he didn't say anything, he would be dealing 
he wouldn't he would be dealing with you like you were illegitimate like you were not his as scripture says he would be dealing with you like you were not his actual child but because you are experiencing this you can rejoice in saying he is making me more like him it is good that i have been afflicted amen amen because this is how we become like jesus so don't allow the judgment and the discipline to become condemnation because there's no condemnation to you if you are in Christ Jesus. Are you in him? Amen. Just because you made a mistake, just because they're, you're finding out some of your ways were not so righteous and not so good, that does not mean that you are not in Christ. The evidence that God is with you and he loves you and you're with him is that he is working on you. This conviction that you're feeling or some of the hurt that you may be feeling, it is proof that God loves you. So don't allow the enemy to turn this beautiful judgment and discipline into condemnation because we can stay there. And this is when the spirit of regret comes in. And then we just wish we didn't do it. Instead of saying, Lord, thank you for using that situation or those situations to teach me how to act. Now I can correct my behavior. Amen. Amen. You all turn with me. Let's go there together to Proverbs, the third chapter. And I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation, okay? Proverbs 3, and we're going to read verses 11 and 12. Are you ready? All right. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. I'm just going to pause right there, and I'm going to say that directly to you who are listening to me right now. Don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't reject it. Welcome it. Don't push it away. Okay, and don't be upset when he corrects you. I'm telling y'all, he judges, he disciplines, and he corrects. Listen to this for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Because God delights in you, you are going through this. Because God delights in you, hallelujah, you feel that conviction. Because God delights in you, he is causing you to go back and tie up some loose ends and correct some of those wrongs. It's because he delights in you. Thank you, Jesus. You're his child and he's dealing with you the way a father deals with his child. No good father is going to allow his child to be in error, to be messy, to be filthy, and to be running amok in this world. Do you understand? Just be running wild, doing whatever you want to do. No, he's going to reel you in. He's going to say, listen, what you're doing is not right. The way you're acting is not right. The things you said were not right. Those friends that you had, no, no, no. Those are not the type of people that my child is supposed to be hanging out with. God will judge your ways. Then he will discipline you so that he can correct your ways. Glory to God. And it's because he delights in you. You are his child. So this reminds me of this story. Um, this happened, I had just turned 21. I had been in church and I had started in ministry and things like that. And then got hooked up with an ex. And I can't remember exactly how far we went, but I remember going to church and the evangelist preaching a message 
that spoke directly to every single thing I was thinking, desiring, and everything I did. And it rebuked me so sorely. <laughs> I felt such heavy conviction. And I'm like, Lord, you are speaking directly to me. I am wrong. Almost to the point where like this woman said words that I was probably thinking during this time or whatever. Like when I tell you it was so spot on and specific to my situation. And um, at that time, it felt I felt so bad and I didn't have that understanding that God is judging your ways and he is disciplining you through this feeling that you're having through these convictions so that he can correct you so that you don't go back to your vomit anymore, Tiffany. But listen to this. I remember sinning again. And I don't, again, I can't remember the details of what I did or anything like that, but I remember I sinned again. And um, I believe it was either Saturday night before church or Sunday morning, but I think it was Saturday night. I said, Lord, please don't say anything to me about what I did. I can't take it. I don't want to hear it. Just don't say anything to me about it. And when I went to church on Sunday morning, the preacher said nothing in their sermon, in their message about my current condition. Now, the first time our Heavenly Father was dealing with me like he deals with a child. The second time I asked him to deal with me like I was a bastard. Do you understand? I said, don't correct me. Don't chasten me. Don't make me feel conviction. Don't judge my ways. Don't discipline me. I don't want to hear it. I already get it. I'm, I'm back with my vomit right now. And I chose that. And guess what? He honored it. He said, okay, you don't want me to say anything to you. You big and bad. You got this all down packed. Go ahead. Be a bastard then. I'll sit back until you are ready. <laughs> So it's not that God was disowning me, but he was treating me the way I wanted to be treated. Now, if he was treating me, if I wanted to, if I wanted him as a father, I would have said, you know what? Correct me, discipline me. I know I did wrong. I did wrong again, even after you spoke to me the last time, but I need help. I need your judgment. I need your mercy. I will receive this discipline so that I can change my ways. But no, I was big and bad, honey. I said, Jesus, don't say nothing to me when I go to church. I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me about it. I get it. And he didn't say anything, y'all. And I remember saying, wow, that prayer worked. And I went full-fledged back into my vomit, which harbored lock, being locked up, sexually assaulted, and all that other foolishness. Why? Because I asked him to treat me like I was a bastard. Okay. So then I went out into the world and got myself into a whole bunch of foolishness because I didn't want to be a child. I did not want to be disciplined. I did not want to be corrected. So I went and ran wild. Jesus Christ, help us, Lord. So this is why the Bible says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Come on, we learned in part one, he is saving our souls from Sheol. He is saving us from death and he is saving us from hell when he disciplines us. Don't reject 
his discipline. Don't tell God you don't want to hear it. Don't avoid the sermons that are correcting you. Welcome it and get on your knees and repent. I'm not telling y'all things that I don't live out and things that I have to do. Hallelujah. We are all children. God is judging us all. He is disciplining us all. He is correcting us all. Get on your knees and repent. It's all about humbling yourself. I say, you know what, God? Thank you. I just found out that I'm really jacked up. I just found out that I make some real ignorant choices. I just found out that you had some good stuff for me and my flesh messed it up. I just found that out and it doesn't feel good. And you're allowing me to sit in this feeling of knowing that I've been foolish. And when God allows conviction to hit you, honey, that thing feel heavy. Okay. It hurts. It will keep you in bed for a little while. You understand the Bible says that the chastening is not pleasant. So when God allows you to feel it, what's the opposite of pleasure? It's pain. It's hurt. It's displeasure. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Ouch. But what I can say in those times is thank you, Jesus, because it doesn't feel good now, but I'm better for it. I will never do those things again. I will never be in my flesh in that way again. I can't say I'll never be in my flesh again because that's not the truth. He's going to have to correct me again about something else somewhere down the line. Something that I don't even know about right now. Amen. Come on. But I can thank him that whatever that thing is that is weighing heavy on me, I won't do that again. Mm -mm. I'll remember the whooping that I got and I will not do that again. My ways have been corrected. How do you want me to handle this thing from now on, Jesus? How do you want me to speak in that type of situation from now on, Jesus? Hallelujah. How do you want me to pray from now on in that type of situation, Jesus? Mm. How do you want me to treat those type of people from now on when I find myself in that situation again? Correct me, discipline me so that I can be corrected. Because I don't ever want to feel this again. So I'm going to say the scripture again, Proverbs 11 and 12, my child don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. It doesn't feel good y'all, but it's nothing to be upset about. You can rejoice saying, you know what? This hurts, but oh, I'll never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus. You're helping me right now. I'm not going to be upset with you because you are punishing me or disciplining me because you are allowing me to feel the weight of my foolish behaviors. Thank you. I'm not going to be upset at you. I'm going to thank you for this pain right here. Can you imagine that? This is how we are supposed to be when we are going through these seasons of discipline. We need these seasons because it births out righteous behavior in our lives. Left to our own devices, left without discipline, left without the, the standard to correct our behaviors or the Lord correcting our behaviors, we would run wild and God would not be dealing with us as he would deal with his child. So God disciplines us because we belong to him. We are his children. Hallelujah. In verse 12, for the Lord corrects those he 
loves. So you're not going to reject when he starts disciplining you. You're not going to be upset when he starts to correct you. Why? Because you have this supernatural divine understanding. You're not in your flesh. You're walking in the spirit. And you know that even though you were uh, incredibly wrong, the Lord is now correcting you. Not because he doesn't like you. Not because he's turned his back on you. Not because he's not listening to your prayers. He's correcting you because he loves you. He's not correcting you because he wants to give up on you. He can't deal with you anymore. It's none of that. It's because he actually really, truly loves you and wants you to succeed. He wants you to do better. It goes on to say, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. You think about this. A father pulling his child towards him by the shoulder saying, no, no, that is not how you speak. That is not how we carry ourselves in this home. You are a child of excellence. You are intelligent. There is a standard for you. You bear my name. You do not behave that way. Now the child the father doesn't care about, he running around flipping, busting his head by the fireplace, whatever kids be doing, wowing out. If the father doesn't say anything, that lets you know the father doesn't care. When the father says something, it lets you know he cares. He's invested. It's the same thing when our Heavenly Father speaks to us. Amen? Amen. So what does discipline mean? Let's get into that. Y'all know I like my definitions, right? It doesn't even have to be the, the Hebrew and the Greek, even though those are amazing. And they give us a lot of contextual clarity when it comes to understanding scripture. But words like discipline, when we find that over and over, what does this mean? Let's just break down this Merriam-Webster, okay? Let's do that. I love the Merriam-Webster app, by the way, you all. If you all are like word nerds and you like to find out <laughs> different um, uh, different definitions like all throughout the day, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what this means. I wonder what that means. I wonder what this means. And then, of course, you get your word of the day and all of that. So I love the Merriam-Webster app. I have been rhyming more than I would like to during this podcast. All right. So discipline, it means, come on, we're going to get into these definitions and we are going to have fun as we do it. Let's go. Discipline means to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. How is it that Merriam Webster is preaching to us right now? Like Merriam. How are you preaching a whole sermon in conjunction with scripture? I'm going to say it again. Look at your neighbor. <laughs> Woo. All right. Okay. Let me read this. Let me read this again. <laughs> to punish. This is what discipline means now. To punish or penalize for the sake. There's a reason why you discipline. You're not just finna slap somebody and just... <laughs> Just walk away. That's not discipline. That's abuse. All right, y'all. God doesn't abuse us. He disciplines us. Okay. So there is a reason, there is a purpose behind this punishment or this penalization that we are feeling to punish or penalize for the sake. Why are you doing this? Of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. God says to obey is better than sacrifice. Come on. He says, I need you to be obedient to what I have spoken. 
I need you to be obedient to my instructions for you. I need you to be obedient to my word. Remember what we um, heard in, in part one, how I ate something I had no business and then immediately threw up? Yes, right there. He was enforcing me being obedient to what he had specifically told me. Okay. That's what he told me to do. He may never tell you to do it, but that's what he told me to do. And he had to discipline me. Why? Or he had to allow me to have that, uh, to be penalized in that way. Why? To enforce me being obedient to what he said. Okay. There's always a reason why we are going through this. And this is what discipline is. It's not just slapping you. It's not just, oh, I'm going to make her throw up just because. So she fears me. No, it is for a purpose. God is allowing it for a purpose. God is doing it for a purpose. So he's doing it for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. Because of some of the things that we are going through, because of some of that conviction and, and how we feel penalized and like, God, are you really going to make me go through this? Why do I feel like this? Or, you know, I can't stop thinking about this. Oh, okay. Now I have to really humble myself and go back and repent and apologize and make things right or whatever, you know, whatever it may be going on. Um, he's perfecting moral character. He says your morals were off. There were some things that were filthy in your character. And I'm going to use this situation to discipline you so that I can perfect your character and correct what's wrong in your morale. Come on here. Can we thank God that God, you are using this for our good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The next definition of discipline is to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. To train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. So listen to this. God trains you. This is what discipline is. As a matter of fact, let me get Hebrews 12 one more time. We're going to dedicate a whole day to, um, I mean, a whole lesson, Lord willing, to Hebrews 12 or a couple of lessons to Hebrews 12. But let us really dig into this because this is some meat right here. So the Bible tells us that when you discipline someone, you're training or developing them by instructing them or causing them to go through a specific types of exercise, especially in self-control. That's when God says, you better not say it. I know you want to say it. I know you feel justified in saying it, but you better not say it. That's discipline right there where you have to humble yourself and you have to start uh, reciting Isaiah 53. Oh, as a, a sheep is dumb before his sharers. <laughs> so he openeth not his mouth. All right, come on. Listen to this. We're going to Hebrews 12 verse 11. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. Hebrews 12, I'm reading the English Standard, Standard Version. Hebrews 12, verse 11, it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Listen to this. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. What do we speak about in part one? That this happens so that you can bear fruit so that people can actually see Jesus in you. They're not going to see it in your anointing. Sorry, there are plenty of people who are anointed. They're not going to see it in your spiritual gifting. 
they are going to see Jesus through your spiritual fruit. Amen. And so discipline helps you to bear fruit, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Listen to those who have been trained by it. Discipline is a training exercise. Discipline means this is Miriam. She's preaching. She's preaching to train or develop by instruction where God says, this is what I said to do. And this is what I mean. What is he doing? He is disciplining you to obey him. He is disciplining you to do what he says. He is disciplining you to follow him and have faith in the way he is leading you. Amen. Amen. He is training you and developing you by instructing you and, and telling you, listen, I want you to do this. This is how I want you to speak. This is how I want you to act. As a matter of fact, let's take it to the exercise, how you train or develop someone through exercises. Didn't he make me go into the uh, a regular uh, nine to five job because he needed me to learn how to love people, everybody, come on, and how to put that love into action. That was a disciplinary exercise. Tiffany, you only really know how to love the brethren. I need you to learn how to love people who are not like you. Now, what is that? That's the judgment. Now I need you to give up ministry, go into this job and do it with excellence. That's the discipline. And comes the correction. You weren't loving right. Now you will. This, that was an exercise. That was a discipline. That was training and developing by instruction and exercise. Amen. Amen. The next definition for discipline is to bring under control Jesus Christ. What did I say? Without disciplining, we would run wild. When God didn't say anything to you and you were left to your own devices, it, uh, tell me, how did you act? Did you act like you knew the word of God? Absolutely not. You acted like someone who had no one telling them right from wrong, period. And this is not what God wants for his children. He wants you to behave yourself like you have a holy father. So he uses certain situations to discipline you or he uses certain, certain situations to bring you under control because we would be out of control without that good discipline, without that good rebuke, without that good, good reproof. We would be out of control. So God says, I'm going to judge their behaviors and I am going to discipline them so that I can better control them. Because if I can't control them and they're just wild, then I'm going to lose them. And it's not like he's controlling you by putting a leash on you or anything like that. But for anyone who doesn't like that word control, does not a father control his natural children? Come on, did not Paul call himself a slave for Jesus Christ? Yes, God should be able to control us if we belong to him. Which one of your belongings don't you control? If it's mine, if it's really mine, okay, I control it. <laughs> I tell it what to do. I do without what I want with it. So God needs to get us to that space where he says, I can tell them what to do. I can do whatever I want to do with this person. But in order for us to get to that place, we have to be disciplined. That's how we're brought under control. That's how God gets us in line with his will. And that's how he gets us to say, okay, hands up. 
I say yes. Whatever it is that you want from me, I say yes. You have me under your control now. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do now. Because of what just happened and because of what I don't want to ever happen again, Lord, whatever you say. Okay? Discipline also means to impose order upon. Where God says, you know what? Because you went out with your friends, and this is just the example that came to mind. I'm not talking about nobody in particular, but because you went out with your friends drinking, now you can't go out with them at all. And as a matter of fact, stop talking to them. Wow. That is imposing order upon. Now you got to sit home. This is your discipline. This is how your, your ways are being corrected. Now you can't hang out. Now you have to face the music that going out with them and drinking was not right. Now you have to display a standard to your friends. They're going to call you deep. They're going to call you religious. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to think, say, oh, she thinks she's better than us now. This one, blah, 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 and this, that, and the third. This is your discipline. And I bet you, you won't go drinking out, out with anybody anymore. You're going to look at the, the, you're not even going to want the mocktail. You're going to say, just give me a soda with a cherry on top. That's what I used to do when I first got saved, when I was like 20, 21, around there. Listen, y'all, I was like, um, let me get, <laughs> let me get like a whatever kind of soda, put a little spritz of like cherry flavor up in there for me, put a cherry on top, like at least make it look fancy. Cause I know better than to put the alcohols <laughs> to my lips out here. Like, but just like make it look like something, please. Because, you know, there's this saying, I heard it. I don't know how true it is, y'all. Y'all have to quote me on it. Take it to the Holy Spirit. Saints not even supposed to be out drinking mocktails. Like, I heard that saints not supposed to do that. I can neither confirm nor deny it. But I'm just saying, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Saints not supposed to be out there with no, like, virgin daiquiris and mojitos and all that stuff. <laughs> that's what I heard. Let not your good be evil spoken of. That's what I heard. Like, I'm not saying or whatever. Like, you have to follow your convictions. But I'm just saying, like, that's what I heard, okay? I ain't say. I'm just repeating it. Okay. The next definition. Y'all like, how many definitions of discipline? <laughs> how? How many definitions of discipline are there? Okay, come on. We just got two more. <laughs> Like, Tiffany, you really going in with this. But no, seriously, because this is the type of stuff that will save your life. And this is the type of stuff that will keep you from being depressed when you start getting whooped on because of something that you did. You're like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. This is what this is what's supposed to happen. You're just showing me some real love right now. You're taking me by the shoulders as a father would take his child that he delights in. And you're telling me, no, don't ever do it again. Don't ever say it again. Don't ever wear it again. Let, let me tell you something about being disciplined. I remember I used to love wearing see-through shirts. And I'm talking about after I got saved, okay? I used to love wearing shirts that had like the lace back and put like a little cami on. I used to, you know, like to wear my little rip-up jeans with my little fishnet stockings and my little granny boots or whatever. I had a couple of sweaters that would be like, it would be like, um solid material that you can't see through for one stripe and then the next stripe was completely share and it was like that the whole shirt on the sleeves everything y'all i would be in my christian college dressed like that that's how i wanted to dress and one day i was um hanging out with um 
a, a schoolmate, he and I parted ways and then I got on the train and when I was home, when I was getting off at my stop, there was this guy standing behind me and I had on this black shirt with this lace, the whole back of the shirt was completely lace, okay? And I just had on like a, a camisole, um, you know, under it. And I remember the, I mean, I felt the heat, like the fire of God, like right up on me, like throw that shirt in the garbage when you get home. That was the first time God had ever told me anything about attire. Like I had to get rid of that shirt immediately. I don't know if the guy looked at me in a certain way or he looked at me and was like, why would she have that on? You know, like whatever happened, the Lord was so not pleased. Like he judged my ways right there and disciplined me. And what it did was it made me come to this understanding like, wow, I think Jesus really does care about what we put on, huh? Sometimes he must just don't. And I, I remember thinking of it in the way that he is concerned with how we are perceived, right? He is concerned with what people see when they look at us as we represent him. Now, I didn't go that deep at that time in my life, but I remember saying like, God really cares what people see when they look at his children, okay? And y'all, y'all have y'all convictions about how y'all dress, whatever that means for you. But for me at that time, it meant don't you dare buy another shirt with a lace back, okay? Don't buy nothing else with a sheer see-through nothing. That's not for you. But this is how he imposed order upon me to get me to um, do what he wanted, okay? Um, so the next, the next definition of discipline, Control gained by enforcing obedience or order, okay? It's how God gains control, by enforcing your obedience or, or order. Have you ever had to like completely humble yourself? This is in, in repent or go back and undo stuff or whatever, leave a job, whatever it is. This is him enforcing obedience. This is him saying, I said this. I remember when it was time for me to leave my job. And um, as the at the Department of Education, and it just seemed like so many things were happening. Like I was fully grown, like I worked there and I was legit called into the principal office. And at that time, trust me, I was not as fine tuned. So whatever he told me to do, I was like, no, you can't tell me. What to <laughs> That's my boss. Like and I was legit like, no, you can't tell me that. Like, I'm not doing that. But the Lord was letting me know, like, I'm going to stir things up until you obey what I said. I said, leave now okay so um he will gain control by enforcing obedience in order do what i said if not for a lot of us it's called stirring the pot he starts stirring the pot like oh you're not gonna listen to me watch all of this hell and all of this drama break loose because you are sliding real slow but you sliding outside of my will because you hear me talking to you but you're not listening to me so i'm gonna allow all of these things to begin to happen around you until you learn obedience and order do what i say not because i'm a tyrant not because i'm a bully but because i'm saving your soul from sheol Final definition of discipline that we're going to talk about is training that corrects. Come on, Miriam got really deep here. She got deep and she spoke. She's speaking to our inner man right now. Training. Discipline is training. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back it up. We're judged. Then we're disciplined. So after God judges us, 
he, he puts us through a training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. Lord Jesus, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get on that flaming, hot, burning altar alive. That's how he wants you, darling. Alive. <laughs> the training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties. He says, uh-uh, I don't want you to think like that. I need you to think like this. Or it um, corrects, molds, and perfects your moral character, or both. So let's put it to us as individuals. If you have the gift of prophecy or you're called to be a pastor or you're called to be an apostle, you will go through a specific training just for you so that your mental faculties can be corrected and molded and perfected according to God's perfect will for your life. So we don't have the right to look at other people and be like, why they don't go through that? Because they're not you. They don't have to go through the same discipline as you or they don't have to go through the same training as you. Come on here. Holy Spirit is speaking right now. Okay. They don't have to have those same uh, uh, character traits as you do. Okay. So you have to go through this specific training because you need to be able to tolerate people who you know don't like you, but you still have to teach them the gospel anyway. Come on, people who you know been talking about you, but you and but will turn around and say, I love you, and you better say it back and you better mean it. You have to go through certain training. Years before these things begin to happen. Come on, somebody. And so we try to figure out why is this happening to me? Why is God so hard on me in this way? Why am I being disciplined in this way? Because he's preparing you for who you're going to be. He's actually preparing you for who you are. Okay. He just has to have that right character and that right mentality within you before he allows you to completely and fully step into it. So again, what was our topic scripture? Let's go there. Proverbs 3. 11 through 12, I'm doing a new living translation for this lesson. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you for the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Amen. Amen. I pray that this was edifying for y'all. We're going to keep going. Because to me right here, this is deep because we go through so much and sometimes we make such poor choices and we are just trying to pick up the pieces in our life and say, God, why did I do that? Lord, why did this happen? Y'all remember morning prayer, right? That poem, if you got the poem book anyway, the book of poetry, um, Morning prayer for anyone who has no idea what I'm talking about because you're not on the mailing list or acquainted with the ministry in that way you just happened upon this podcast. It is um, in this uh, poetry book I released called In My Feelings in Ode to Love. Okay. And um, within that, you know, that in that poem, that person is feeling so convicted. That person has messed up and this, that, and the third, and they feel so bad. And God is like, well, I'm with you. Okay, and if you're too weak to walk, I'm going to carry you. And this is how great our God is. Even through our discipline, even through those hard times, even when it gets tough for us to move forward, 
He's still carrying us. He's strengthening us to move forward because he delights in us. He loves us and he just wants us to be better. So I want you to understand that whatever is happening right now, it is happening to make you better. It is happening for a reason. Yes, sometimes we can look at our actions and say, Ooh, that was yucky. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, why did I put that on? Why did I hang out with him? I knew what was going to happen if I hang if I hung out with him. You know, why did I even answer the phone when I saw them calling? Or why did I even give her the time of day? Because I know how she is and I know she can get me upset. Well, listen, God allows you to get into these things so that you can see what's really going on in your heart. He's already seen. He's already judged. And now you need to see And now you need to understand why you have to go through that discipline that you have to go through. And um, now you will be corrected. And we thank God for your testimony because when you become or when you step into rather what God has called you into this earth round for, you will be able to testify of God's goodness, God's faithfulness. And you will be able to say, listen, it was good for me that I was afflicted. God has prepared my character to tolerate Judas's. What do you think? Jesus was just winging it. That was fruit. That was discipline. That was obedience. Come on. His behavior was in complete submission to the will of the father. And that's how we have to be. Amen. Amen. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your judgment. We thank you for your discipline. We thank you for correction. We thank you by doing these things. You're showing us that you actually delight in us. And God, we delight in you. Even through times of pain, we delight in you. And we know that you still delight in us. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, that you would just help my siblings through whatever season they're in right now in the name of Jesus, that you would give them understanding, that you would give them strength, that you would give them revelation in the name of Jesus. And whatever it is, God, that you are judging them on secretly, whatever it is that you see, Father, we're asking that you would expose it to them and let them get started on the process to correction so that they can be more like you in the name of Jesus, so that they can be more holy and more righteous according to your ways. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. We seal this prayer with your blood. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God for his judgment, his discipline, and his correction. Until next time, you all, God bless you. Amen.